Welcome to Thrive Deeper, an ongoing conversation with Dr. Matthew Jacoby, author of the Thrive Bible Reading Guides, teaching pastor, and leader of the Psalmist Band Sons of Korah. Join us as we go deeper into the Bible, discussing the passages as we read them together with Thrive. Now, here's your host, DJ Payne. Episode 9 of Thrive Deeper, and this is an exciting one. This is a transitional episode. We go from the Old Testament to the New. We go from one edition of Thrive to a new edition. That's right, we go from Obadiah, we cover a a brief look at this fascinating little book in Obadiah, and then we head into the amazing epistle of Ephesians. And it's exciting because this is the first time on this new series that we get to talk about the New Testament and the life of the Apostle Paul. Uh, This is a great episode. I know you're going to enjoy it, so pull out that pen and paper, make some notes, jot some questions down, and I'll be back at the end of the discussion to let you know how you can get those questions to us so we can answer them on a future edition of Thrive Deeper. All right, after this short little break, we'll be into episode nine of Thrive Deeper. So this is the first time that we've, in going through uh, doing Thrive Deeper, as as we you know invent this new show, is as we invent this new series. Um, this is the first time we've transitioned from one of the Thrive readers to the next mm, one. It's the first time. That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So it's an interesting sort of transition here because we haven't. We're not doing it neatly. Trust us. We're not doing it neatly. We ended off last episode. Uh, in the book of Daniel, finished off the book mm. of Daniel, but you had one page, one day d- dedicated to um, Obadiah. Obadiah. It's the shortest book in the Old Testament. Yeah. And uh, it's just, yeah, it's just the one chapter and um, it's uh, an oracle against Edom uh, and and probably written after 586, after the temple was destroyed by the Babylonians and yes. people sent into exile. And the issue there is that the Edomites – um, sort of gloated over, as as um, we can see in some famous Psalm 137, mm-hmm. remember, Lord, what Edom did, you know, tear it down, they cried, tear it down to its foundations. And um, so they uh, not only taunted and, and gloated over the destruction of Jerusalem, but actually moved in in their absence. Uh, the Edomites moved yeah. into their territory. Yeah. And so they... They sort of laid claim to the land, and and God's saying, "Hey, this is not yeah, yours. Yeah, this is not this is not yours." Now let's go. Let's let's put Obadiah into the you know the sense of history, bigger picture. So he's uh, my my Old Testament survey uh, teacher back in the day told me uh, easy to remember what the book of uh, Obadiah is about. It's about Obad Edom. Obadiah yeah, yeah. is about Obad yeah. Edom, um, and Edom was the descendants. Of Esau. Of Esau, that's right. Yeah. yeah so. And in fact, the um, uh, the, the much um, deba- debated statement in Romans 9 that's quoting from um, Malachi that says, Jacob, I've loved, Esau, I've hated. Mm. Um, <clears throat> in Malachi is actually referring not to individuals but to nations. It's it's talking about God's election of, of one of, of the people of Israel yeah. uh, over, over Esau. And uh, we, we, I think later in this episode, we'll talk a little bit about that issue of election because it yes, comes up. As it we comes up again. Uh, Ephesians. Um, so uh, you know, Edom 
Edom becomes the traditional enemy. It's actually not about Esau because Esau was reconciled to Jacob uh, at the end, but the Edomites become the sort of the, the uh, traditional enemies in a covenant sense because remember the covenant uh, promise was those who curse you I will curse mm. and, and Edom uh, cursed Israel at her downfall. And so this becomes a, a moment to look for the fulfillment. Well, God needs to do something uh, about that. Um, and th- this is what Obadiah is prophesying, the, f- the, the fact that God is going to judge uh, Edom. Okay. Yeah. I love uh, some, and we don't know a lot, you know, like the, the Bible doesn't reveal a lot about this character. No. But I love all the tradition. There's so much tradition around Obadiah. Uh, I, I love, um, there's a lot of, um, you know, Christian tradition through the churches, yeah. uh, you know, especially when you talk about saints and what yeah. they're responsible for and everything. I know, are you, dear listener, <laughs> if you could only see Matt's face when I go down these rabbit trails of things that I've found out. Uh, the, the, my favorite is all the rabbinic. There's, there's a heap yeah. of Jewish tradition as yeah. there is about everything. Yeah. Around Obadiah, and one of the stories is we know that in in the book of Kings, when it comes down around Elisha and Elijah, yeah. there was hundred you know there was a hundred prophets hidden away. Yeah. You know, there's prophets hidden away in that right. time yeah. and everything. The rabbis taught that it was Obadiah who right. who hid them, right. and that he was actually an Edomite himself, and he wanted to be righteous towards God, so he, he followed God, hid the prophets, and for that. God gave him the book, the gift of prophecy, and he wrote the book of Obadiah. That's wow. that's the Jewish wow. tradition on that. And then there's also Christian tradition that he is buried with uh, in the same plot as Elijah and John the Baptist, and you know all these different things. And you know, you know, <laughs> Matt's nodding his head. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm nodding. I'm just nodding. I'm you know. yeah, yeah, not agreeing, <laughs> not disagreeing. Just going. Aha! Thanks for this, DJ. Thanks for the uh, rabbit hole here. We, we appreciate that. Look, I say all of that to say it's only a few clicks away on the computer. And again, you're not. We're not looking. You don't want to go out there and believe everything that people yeah. say. But I love the rich traditions that we have yeah. behind these characters. Yeah. Who get such a short. You know, they yeah. we just fly past them. Yeah. In in, in the thing. So yeah. and um, actually, though a, a lot of those traditions are, I, I think they're important to be uh, aware of, and it's uh, unlike uh, all of the conspiracy theories that you will find a couple of clicks away on mm. the uh, internet. Um, yeah, the, 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 there's, I mean, the, in the Jewish tradition, you've got the the actual written scriptures, plus you've got a whole uh, tradition that sits beside that, actually, uh, which is more of the oral uh, tradition that yeah. is. Um, uh, contained in the in the Talmud, so um, yeah, it's in- interesting. Yeah, and it, and again, it doesn't come from anywhere. I should have said right at the beginning. I think in one Kings chapter eighteen, right there, it actually mentions that Ahab had so- had a servant Obadiah, mm. and that Obadiah served God mm. greatly. Yeah, and feared God greatly. Yeah, and that's where the Jewish tradition is. Yeah. well, that's Obadiah. Yeah, that's the same one. Yeah. We don't know that. You know, well, we c- certainly the. Um, the the scholarship uh, scholarly sort of um, majority is that uh, he lived after the he prophesied after the exile, yeah. which 
is quite a bit later. Quite a bit later, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah. So uh, there's there's like that a couple pro- of hundred years. Yeah, <laughs> so there's that problem of yeah. there's that problem of uh, which one there. But I, I I'm I, I'm I get fascinated by all those little you know the yeah. little tidbits behind that. Okay, so we have finished uh, you know that that the book of Thrive, uh, you know our, our first one that we've gone all the way through. We've covered Ezekiel. Yeah, we've covered Daniel. Obadiah, and now we move into a new thrive. It's a new era. In fact, it's a new testament. It's a new Tom. testament. Now, the the idea of thrive is to uh, bounce back and forth from Old Testament. You know, we sort of do two Old Testaments and one New Testament edition. I'm talking editions. Yes. Um, uh, and and not books because obviously, like in this one, we've covered two two and and then yeah uh, two big books and then a little one of Obadiah. So, um, p- part of it is to uh. Is to give little New Testament breaks, and I was amazing how many people have said to me, "Oh, I'm, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to getting out of the Old Testament into the New Testament." Yeah, yeah, it's funny because I I actually I find the Old Testament so incredibly rich. I'm I'm I never feel in a hurry to get get out of it, but I do I do really love um, the, uh, the the New Testament letters and uh, the the letters of Paul actually. Um, I have read and reread those more than just about any part of scripture. Yeah. Because they're so deep and dense. Yes. Actually, I think a lot of um, some people struggle with that. Uh, th- there are other people that say to me, I love the stories. Yes. But the, 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 the sort of more abstract teaching of Paul is just a bit. Difficult to follow. It, it, and I think, I think it, it, it doubles down for yourself, Matt, because you're a, you know, you're a preacher, you're a teacher, mm. you're a, you, 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 you make your, you craft sermons. You're yeah. a sermon crafter. Yeah. And you, you go back to Paul because he is the ultimate sermon crafter. He's the ultimate yeah. thinker of both, um, two different traditions. Yeah. Coming un- or even maybe more than two, but as a Jew, he has a way of thinking. Mm. As someone who has studied in the time of you know the Romans yeah, and the yeah. Gre- you know the Greek, all that stuff, yeah. he's got all that philosophy as well, yeah. and he brings it all together in such an amazing yeah. way of thinking. Yeah, and I think we're going to see a lot of that as we enter into the Book of Ephesians. Yeah, I think, and and that's very true, uh, and and that's what makes him um, like he he's quite a he's a very deep. Th- Thinker Paul, uh, you know, of course, I, I believe he's writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, but his characteristics come through. Um, you know, his his uh, his depth of uh, you know his scholarly acumen comes through. You know, it's interesting. Peter um, speaks about Paul's writings in hmm. uh, in uh, in one of his letters, and says. You know, admits they're difficult to understand. He actually refers to Paul that some people twist his writings like they do the other, other scriptures. scriptures. Exactly. So even actually yeah. at that early in his, stage, in his lifetime, in his lifetime yeah. Paul Paul is already being put on a par with the writers, the biblical prophets. You know? Yeah, so, and, and like he called himself, he said, "I'm one of the apostles, yeah. one of the chosen few, born out of the wrong time. That's I right. was born at the wrong time." Yeah, and Peter recognised that, but he also says, "You know, it's." Uh, that a lot of people find his writings, <laughs> and I'm complex. sure, he, I'm sure, he, as a fisherman, I'm sure he was talking about himself well, as well. Well, to uh, to underscore that fact, the first major block of teaching in the book of Ephesians, which we're about to turn to right now, yeah. um, from between verse three and verse fourteen, a uh, hundred and two words. Yes. It's all one sentence. <laughs> it's all one sentence. That is an incredibly long sentence. So he just. He just 
piles idea on idea, yeah. uh, on idea and his mind is able to yeah. follow the train of thought, but we have to carve it up and, and, and analyse it. But hey, it's 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 fascinating the the process. Of well, it, well it apart. Matt, Matt, let's let's. And I'm so excited. Over the next couple of weeks, a uh, few weeks, we're going to be getting right into the Book of Ephesians, and uh, I'm excited to 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 go through this because we in our in the in the podcast that we've done in the past, uh, we have spent a long time on big sections, yeah. you know, and had to do big sections. But this is the first time we've, we we together yeah. have been able to – we're going to be able to sit down and break apart a New Testament book yeah. in, in this sort of way. So I'm really excited personally. Yeah. Dear listener, you might be bored by this. <laughs> I hope not, but I'm, I'm looking forward to getting into it. So I think it's great at this time as as we step into this, into this uh, new Thrive and we step into a whole new book, maybe it's great to uh, think about you brought up a point that some people have said, oh, man, I can't wait to get out of the Old Testament mm. and get into the New Testament. Why do you think that mentality is there for some people? Why is that the, the two-way of thinking about it and that feeling that people have? Mm. Where does that come from? Um, I think it's the uh, – th- there's a certain heaviness to the Old Testament, particularly the books that, that, that we've been in. I mean, I think – uh, you know, Daniel, the story of Daniel is very inspirational, but then you get into that really complex prophetic material. Yeah, and, a large, and, and, and there's large oh, uh, you man, know, parts yeah. of of Ezekiel yeah. that we've just been that is all prophecy. That's right. But it's particularly the, the prophetic uh, writings. It's either really complex like those visions or, or it's quite heavy, you know. I mean, the, the prophets uh, were sent by God uh, and spoke to the people, not because things were going well, but things were going badly. You know, it's something I often point out in connection with that, that when mm. we go astray, God doesn't speak to us less. Yeah. He speaks to us more. <laughs> and that's what you see in, in the prophetic writing. So they're quite dark uh, in many ways. But actually, uh, you know, we, we need the sort of exhortations and warnings that, that are contained in there. And then, you know, the Old Testament stories. As I said, there's lots of people that love the Old Testament stories, but they can be perplexing as well because it's full of bloodshed and violence. Yeah. And, and you know, <clears throat> you know, all these terrible things uh, happen. But uh, actually, the, the spiritual issues are much more polarized because these people live at the coal face of human existence. I mean, the mm. world is still a broken world and they're still broken people. Mm. And, and, you know, the key characters like David are people who are living by the spirit, mm. you know, because remember in the new covenant era, uh, we all have what only select individuals had in those times. And, yeah. and so, you know, we, we get to follow uh, the stories of these, these individuals and, and it's, it is very uh, inspiring, but but the the darkness of the background polarizes the issue. Mm. It's like the light shines brighter mm. uh, in, in the darkness, yeah. and, and of course they're living in a different world, which which perhaps um, makes it is just extra removed for us, and and they're um, you know they're living with warfare and all of these all of these sorts of things. But so are we in, in a as Paul is going to tell us in Ephesians, mm. our battle isn't against against flesh and blood. In fact. I think implied there is that it never really was. Yeah. It was always there were always spiritual issues. Yeah, yeah. The physical manifestation of that battle comes and goes, but mm. the battle, the spiritual battle continues. So I, I think there's some of the reasons why people find it difficult, but I would suggest it's for those reasons actually that the Old Testament is you know incredibly um incredibly important and instructive because it it shows us what the life of faith looks like in these characters. It shows us God's dealings with people in broad narrative through sheer repetition and 
Uh, it's, I, I think it's vital for our faith that we really get to know the story of the Old Testament because this is our story. This is our, these are the key covenant precedents hmm. on which we build our faith today. Ex- exactly. Okay. So uh, that's that's a really big overview of uh, Old Testament and New Testament. Let's zoom in a little bit now into when is Paul writing this book of, of, of Ephesians? What years are we talking here? Yeah, roughly? so uh, f- for those uh, who are, who, um, may be familiar with the story of Paul. So um, Paul spends uh, a number of years doing the circuit, sort of Asia Minor, as far as Rome, yep. uh, planting churches. Yep. He comes back to Jerusalem um, in the sort of late, late 50s, and he's imprisoned there in Jerusalem. And it's probably around 60, 61, 62 maybe at the latest that he's writing a number of letters to churches that he's planted. Yeah. Uh, now, of course, um the church in Ephesus, um, it was uh, actually probably a number of churches. Ephesus was, was a city, uh, you know, almost um, uh, probably quarter of a million. It was a big city wow. uh, in, in its time. And, and where where is Ephesus in modern in the modern world it's today? In, it's in Asia Minor, so it's it's um, uh, Turkey. It's on the western coast of Turkey. Uh, of Turkey. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, Southwestern coast of, of Turkey. So he is um, he's writing to a church that he spent three years uh, in in Ephesus, and he's you know writing back not only to the, I would not just say a, a church I would say a number of churches okay. a network of churches in fact probably beyond Ephesus it's actually interesting to note that in some of the uh, most reliable manuscripts of original manuscripts of the letter to the Ephesians. The um, it it actually doesn't say to the Ephesians. Oh wow! It, it, yeah, that that um, uh, that doesn't appear. And so, so so it's thought that maybe um, it, it went broader than that. It was like a cyclical. Now yeah. there are some that argue. I mean, the textual issues yes. are a little more complicated. I don't want to get into that yeah. Uh, yeah. too much now. Um, but at the very least, um, it it certainly would have been written for the Ephesians, but for a, a sort of greater Ephesus, as we would say when we speak. I mean, yeah. We live in Geelong, and so we talk about the greater Great region. city of greater Geelong. Yeah. Um, so it would have been a circular. Um, so the the thing that's different about the uh, epistle to the Ephesians, so he's in jail, he's writing to them. With a number of Paul's letters, he is often writing in response to issues yes. that he's, that he's uh, heard of. Yes. Um, or and they've or they've written to him. Dear yeah, that's Paul, right. This is, you know, Often yeah. someone has come to visit him actually yeah. from but a church and brought some back problems. news. You yeah. know. Um, now that's actually not the case in in Ephesians. Ephesians is different to any of the other letters because it doesn't seem to have a particular. He's not reacting to some uh, particular circumstance. Okay. Uh, perhaps general issues that they're facing. So. Um, the churches in these regions would have been mainly Gentile. There would have been Jewish people part of the congregation, but mainly Gentile. Now, uh, you know, the, the Gentile believers came out of a situation, you know, steeped in paganism with all sorts of superstition. Uh, you know, you've got to placate this God and that God and this God and that spirit. And so this becomes an important thing that the, the, the preeminence of Christ and Christ's uh, over everyone else, yeah. um, uh, that becomes um, that becomes a key theme in 
in the book of Ephesians, and well, what are those other these other gods that we've been worshiping? The implied question is, well, he says, uh, you know, our battle isn't against flesh and blood, yeah. Ephesians six, but against the principalities and powers, you know, in in, in spiritual forces of yes. evil in the heavenly realms. Yeah. So, for example, the cult of Artemis in um, in Ephesus, which was a massive, massive cult, people would come uh, from from all over. Um, th- there's a sense in which he's he's um, uh, ascribing uh, sort of um, well, well, that he he is connecting that with sort of demonic powers. Yeah. Yes, um, behind all of that. Yeah. Um, rather than saying that they are gods, but they are, you, you get this idea that he's framing a worldview in which they can understand that as um, as sort of demonic entities masquerading as as gods. Yes, that's the sense you get in, in Ephesians. So so that that that. Um, you know that that's a sort of a general issue behind what are the sorts of things that these people are facing. Okay, so the book of Ephesians, as you're saying, uh, you know, written to the region, written by Paul as he's uh, you know in prison in Rome in you know probably 61, 62 there, and he's he's writing some letters out, not not majorly as in response to things that are going on, but just giving them general outlooks and a worldview. Let's let's zoom in because it's the first time on this podcast we've talked about the uh, Paul, the Apostle yeah. Paul. Uh, and you know, probably, you know, probably one of the greatest mm. figures other than Jesus Christ yeah. to us as Christians. Yeah. Our whole our world and our faith is built mm. on this man's writings. So we won't go into a detail of his life right yeah. now. Um, but you know, this is this is a a Jewish guy who has been a Pharisee, mm-hmm. most probably. Uh, certainly he, has been, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, right. and, and, you know, depending on what type of school of yeah, Pharisee, yeah, you, know, yeah. you know, where he's come from and everything like that. And he he was a young man at the time of Christ's death. Yeah, that's right. So he, he is, um, uh, he's from Tarsus. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, he studied under Gamaliel, uh, as, as he himself tells us. So, so that that's an important. And he was probably something of the star pupil of the, the way that rabbinic um, education works. Is that you you become a disciple of um, a, of a rabbi, so yes. hang out with them all the time. And, yeah, and I mean it was a grueling education. I mean they they really they really needed they. Uh, I mean the um, the level of knowledge of scriptures that they the scriptures that oh, they would have a- attained as a young boy uh, they memorized memorized most yeah, of it yeah memorized most which of the is, le- yeah which is i mean you know when paul quotes yeah. uh flat out from yeah. the scriptures it's because it's not he has got a bible <laughs> next to him and he's oh now where is that yeah, verse yeah, yeah. or looking up in the concordance like yeah. we would now he he's he's got it he knows it all off by heart i mean yeah. he can, it's on the hard yeah, drive yeah, it's yeah, built it's, in yeah, absolutely you yeah. know so that's his um pharisaic um background he, he certainly he certainly exhibits um, what you would expect of a um, uh, of someone coming out of that Pharisaic tradition, and the okay. way that he depicts it is very much like w- the way that you see it depicted in the um, you know in the Gospels, yes. uh, for example. Now, the, 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 one, one of the things though that I think is important about uh, Paul is that he was schooled in. In Tarsus. Now, Tarsus was one of three major centers of Greek philosophy hmm. uh, as well. Uh, Rome and Alexandria being the others. Obviously, Athens at one time was, um, but 
after that was destroyed by the Romans, it, 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 the, the academies, um, you know, went, went those three ways. And actually the major one in, in Paul's time was actually in Tarsus. Wow. This was a major centre of Stoic um, philosophy, which is a very interesting So in, 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 uh, in our in, – if we think of the world today and we think of the centres of learning and the centres of, you know, where all the action is yeah. as far as, you know, literature yeah. and stuff, I don't know, like I'm not a, across it, but, you know, you think of major centres like New York yeah. or, you know, uh, places in Europe where all these think you know, yeah. great universities are. He's in the middle of one of these. Getting his yeah. training. Well, it's like in the Oxford. It may may not be one of the capitals, but yes. it is, is like in the Oxford or, yeah. or the Cambridge of yeah. uh, of the ancient world. So, so he, he had access and 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 certainly shows um, his learning at, at points. You see that he's a man that is is not only schooled in uh, in in his Jewish faith. He's, he's he's absolutely a Jewish thinker, but he's also very aware of um, of Greek philosophy as well. Yeah. So, for example, his speech to the Europagus in um, Acts 17, he's able to quote from Stoic, yeah. uh, from Greek uh, philosophers as well, uh, from memory. Yeah. So this is a, this is a guy that's uh, done done his studies. Yeah, he yeah. would have been a formidable uh, debating partner. He, amazing. So we see him. We first introduced him as Saul, mm. this passionate young young man who. Um, you know, is consenting of a of a disciple, uh, Stephen. You know, a young, yeah. uh, you know, young, you know, faithful convert into the church. Yeah. Uh, he gets charged by the Jewish authorities. He's getting stoned, and and there we see we're introduced to young Saul. Yeah. You know, consenting, agreeing with, uh, you know, saying yes yeah. that this that this, uh, you know, this follower of this horrible Jesus, this mm. blight on 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 the faith. Is uh, on the Jewish way of thinking. He's there agreeing. You know, we're introduced yeah. to him there, and then historically we see that he's right on the, you know, the 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 the, the sharpest a edge mm. of the the Jewish, you know, hand against yeah, the, ch right. the growing church. Yeah, he leads the first major major persecution, yeah. the first systematic persecution against the Christian faith. And you know, who does God choose to be His man uh, to you know yeah. to reach out? Uh, to the Gentiles, it's uh, you know God says I'll I'll have I'll have this guy you know, <laughs> and his persecution shows the persecution of the Christian shows his zeal as a Pharisee, um, which then you see turned you know he has this Damascus Road experience, yeah, Li literally the original Damascus Road, the original Damascus Road experience, and he, he's turned around and and you he is. You see a, a man of untiring zeal who just, I, I, I think, you know, I feel like I've gotten to know Paul just by reading these letters again and again yeah. and again and, yeah. and, of course, the book of Acts. He would have been a hard man, uh, like loving and zealous for God and absolutely lay down his life for other people. Yeah. So I, I don't mean that in a selfish way. Absolutely no. it was all about God's kingdom and other people. But... Uh, <clears throat> uncompromising, yes, absolutely uncompromising. Mark, you know that, that uh, re debate, that the um, disagreement that Barnabas and he had over John Mark. You know, yes. so John yeah. Mark, you know, maybe slackened off a little. Get rid of him, Paul. Yeah. Just yeah, get yeah. rid of him. You yeah, know, yeah. Barnabas is the soft one. You know, yeah. whose name is means son of encouragement. Yeah. You know, sticks with Mark, and eventually, yeah. actually, um, 
Paul recognises, no, actually, Mark's a good guy. But yeah. but you, you get this picture that, you know, Paul's this hard guy and, yeah. and, and you better keep up with him because he's, you know... There's no stopping him. Yeah, and probably not many did. I mean, Timothy and, yeah. and Luke and, you know, they travel with this guy. But he... And, and, he, and he even admits admit at match at the end, you know, yeah. like when he at the end, when he's writing these letters yeah. at the end, he's like... They're all gone. I don't have, yeah, you know. And, oh, that- and, and he suffers things that just no one else, because he, he says that everyone else has sort of abandoned him. It's like he's the last man standing. I mean, this guy is stoned and whipped and thrown in jail and he suffers shipwreck and hunger. I mean, he gives yeah. that long list, yeah. you know, at one stage. And, and he, he, you know, they thought he was dead at one point and he just keeps going. He's like the guy that you can't kill. Yeah, yeah. And, and he, he will not, he will not give up. It's, he's like the, you know, we, we, when we looked at Ezekiel, you know, we talked about how God made Ezekiel's forehead hard, you know, so yeah. he would keep, you know, keep going, oh, this is Paul. Like he's a, yeah. he's a hard man and no compromise man. And yeah. actually that, that's for the, you know, the one, that God chose to spearhead the beginning yes. of the church. Yeah, you, you couldn't have chosen a better guy. I know, I know. It's an amazing, it's an amazing, um, you know, it's an amazing life story. And you, and we see, we see a very shorthand version of it in the Book of Acts, where you know, but it take, you know, when you actually sit down and put his life together through all the different stories that we have, yeah. you see this amazing story of a man who. You know, you know, you know, and and so much of his life are now phrases that we use in everyday language, from the Damascus Road to having the scales fall yeah, from yeah. your eyes. You know, all these different things that happened to Paul, we we you know we take for granted and and we sort of fly by it in the in the life of one man. Yeah, but he is just a, an enigma in yeah. so many so many yeah. points. Uh, you know, from his highs to the lows, yeah, to his friendships to where he ended up and. Uh, I I'm I, I'm so encouraged. I like I just I just love you know even just thinking about this amazing yeah. amazing uh, man that we have. Yeah. I, I I when I read this is the thing when I read Paul's letters, I, I feel that that zeal, that absolutely focused zeal that he has for the kingdom of God, spirit inspired zeal. I, I feel like it 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 bleeds through the pages. Yeah. And and I when and and it's like I I just want to suck that out of the pages of these of these epistles because th- th- there are times where I felt really stale, a bit stale and a bit out of touch yeah. and I've read these letters and it's like it just lights the match again yeah. you know for yeah. for the sense of uh, of God's purpose you yeah know? and I've I've had that same experience where you in in a good on a good day. I feel the zeal. Yeah. On a bad day, I open up like somewhere like the Book of Ephesians, mm. and I and it's it's like a sun shining on a. Yeah, on a, you know, that's it's like, right. Oh, turn it on! Yeah. I can't, let me back in it because it's so full on. Yeah, yeah. it's like this, you know, this just a magnificent light coming yeah. out of what he's saying, and it is burns away yeah. any any frivolous thoughts yeah. that I have about that's what right. I think. That's right, and and look, it's not it's not just. You know, theological and philosophical depth. I yeah. mean, w- when I read this, I recognise this guy is is more closely in touch with with what God is doing in 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 a spiritual sense than than just about anyone who's ever lived. Yeah, and he, he is exhibiting that in his life. He, he lives a self sacrificial life. He, he gets nothing out. I mean, he even he even refuses to receive any gifts. You know, like. Uh, from churches for for the for most preaching, part, for you know, financial, right. yeah. I mean, he he works 
I mean, he works as well on the side. <laughs> you know, the yeah. church is saying, let, let, you know, let, let us let feed us, you. Yeah, no, no. I'm and he even work. says, look, uh, that, there's nothing wrong with me yeah, saying, right, yeah, yeah, feed, like, pay me. Yeah. I, I, I've got, he, I'm totally he in my rights. He wants them to know for sure that yeah. it, this is the real deal. And, you know, I mean, this is a guy that, that raised raised the dead and healed mm. the sick and mm. there's something going on with this guy. And, yeah. and I, I find his letters like a window uh, to... Uh, something that we all need to get in touch with. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a great way. Uh, that's a great way of introducing Paul. And we are now getting something from from an older Paul. He he's yeah. he, you know he's probably you know maybe in his fifties. You um, know by now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd be he'd be there. And I think it's worth uh, keeping in mind too that he's probably. Um, a few years from his martyrdom, actually, yeah. at this stage in the 60s, probably in the mid-60s somewhere, uh, maybe 65, 66, um, uh, he, was, he was martyred. So this is, the, this is his last one of the one decade. Of, yeah. yeah. And so – and, and we've got to understand that this man, um, uh, like we've said – you couldn't stop this guy. He lived a hard life. He burnt the candle at both ends. Yeah. Yeah. He'd been beaten to an inch of yeah. his life, yeah. being fought dead so many times, she breaked all this up. So here's a here's a old, you know, beaten, walking yeah. scar of a man yeah. in prison, yeah. writing these letters out. Yeah. You know, um, uh, you know, and, and and I think that's I think that's a good segue actually to the main kind of message of yeah. Ephesians because here is a man that's so sold out for the purpose of God. God's purpose for him is everything. Yes. Um, and, uh, I mean, that that's the thing that I find so inspiring about Paul. I mean, he lives for that purpose. And it's there's this sense that as he walks in that purpose, he doesn't need to force it. He, 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 there, there are times where, like, he could have bribed his way out of prison or... Or question what does God do, but he just know, he he knows that he, he's that that he, he is um, he's part of something that is absolutely irrepressible and unstoppable, and so there's this confidence, and really Ephesians is is a great book because it's big picture. It talks about the purpose of God, big picture. Um, it is um, you know it it, it is universal and and like cosmic in its mm. in its scope mm, mm. it's the bring and, and the big sort of theme in that is of all things being brought together things on earth and things in heaven all being brought together in Christ you almost you have this the picture that i get when i read this of this theme that actually goes right through the book mm. uh, you know bring think everything coming together under Christ and and i mean like in the universe you know you get this sense that when at the fall of man, it was like there's explosion. You know, imagine an explosion of something beautiful and, yeah. and ordered, and you know that exploded, and, and and little bits went in all directions, everywhere. This is like this is like God bringing everything back together, and yeah. Jesus Christ is the glue. Yes, yeah. and 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 I love that's a beautiful picture, Matt. And I love the fact that. When I think of Ephesians, the theme that comes to mind is probably one step below that because Paul is like saying, this is what Jesus did. Yeah. Now you've got to start living like it. Yeah, that's right. Do it in the church. Right. You know, this is what's happened yeah. up here. 
to think about it down here. So, and that is actually, that's exactly what happens because he, he is really concerned with their unity, yeah. their togetherness, their belonging, yeah. the, you know, one Lord, one faith, yes. one baptism, belonging to one body. It's mm. this one, one, one the whole the whole mm. time. So that, that theme of unity and them coming together um, from their fragmented lives where, you know, in our fragmented lives, one goes here and one goes there and we all live for different reasons and, and different purposes. But, you know, Ephesians is a call for us all to be united in God's spirit yep. under one uh, under one purpose. Yeah, and this is this is what Paul does all the time, and he's so brilliant at is he brings the heavenly. Yep. He brings the uh, you know positionally is what you know yeah. some theologians like to say. This is what God has done and decreed in the heavens. Yeah. This is what has happened. Yeah. This is the way that God sees you. This is the truth of the matter. Now you're living not like that. That's right. right. You yeah. know, there's now a, there's you need a... to step up into yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> so there's certainly a choice. I mean, there's a choice uh, for them to step out of their individualistic lives. Yes. Uh, for them to step out of their pagan lives. For them to step out of their immoral lives yeah. and begin to to actually because uh, this is not automatic. You no. know, it, it actually this is something that we step up into. Mm. And the book of Ephesians is a call to step up uh, into that purpose. So the interesting thing, the way the book is structured, is you, is there's six chapters in the book. And the first three chapters are the theological part, really. Yes. Yeah. And the last three chapters are really the practical yeah. application. <laughs> I love it. Uh, it's, it's actually quite neat. Yeah. And he even finishes at the end of chapter three with the amen. Yeah. And then it's and then he begins the new now, chapter with yeah. the therefore in view of all of this. Yes. You know, and, and he calls them to come together and yeah. um, and become part of one body. And, and then, you know, he applies, he applies that to the church, to them uniting a church. He applies... Uh, th- this same message about harmony and unity to marriages to all aspects everything, of everything uh, of life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love the, this is this is such a great book to begin with, Paul, because it's one of my favourites. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I'm going to say that about every book that we look at. <laughs> I know I say that about every every book, but uh, this book of Ephesians is, is so beautiful. Uh, we get to see so much into the heart of Paul and the way that he thinks and the way that God had gifted him and everything that God had given him to say. Uh, you know, to us, and it's and it's applicable now. In our lives, you know, just as much as you know, if not more, you know, that that was back then, mm. you know, because I guess you know we we often think, and one of the arguments that comes against the Bible so often is, look, that's an old book; it's for a distant mm. time. A culture's moved on, man. You know, don't you understand that all of that is not applicable to our lives now? But I feel it's more applicable, especially this message of Ephesians, because we live in such a fragmented. Individualistic, yeah. you know, glorified self, you know, and and the, and the the role model of the self-made man and the you know all these different things, especially in the church. Yeah, I I just feel this message just hammers even more oh, it's so hugely poignant. Yeah, hugely yeah. poignant. It, it, that that whole thing about stepping out of the individualistic self-serving lives up into the purpose of God I mean that is that if that was a challenge then boy oh boy is it a challenge now yeah. uh, for us um, so the, the themes that he talks about they, they transcend any particular time this is um, th- this is something that that we need to hear heed as much today as ever
one last practical thing about about the teaching of Paul, especially as we're about to enter into Ephesians, that um, that I really want to put a little asterisk next to, especially when we talk about uh, you know that sort of principle that's that might be foreign for some people, is that Paul will talk about like like a court case. This is this is yeah. what God has judged. Yeah. You know, this is the decree. Yeah. This is the truth. Yeah. Now, you know, he then brings yeah. in the practical part of it. I find that sometimes for for some for some believers, I, oh, I'll say I'll say the positive ways first. I'll yeah. say it the positive way first. Yeah. Paul doesn't get lost in, you know, some spiritual realm. You know what I mean? Yeah, he doesn't yeah. go. He doesn't float away up into heaven as he writes and stay there. Mm. He talks about this truth in such a pragmatic, practical, yeah. rubber hitting the road way. That we can't get lost in the, hey man, you know, like there's a spiritual truth, and it doesn't lend itself to this type of uh, mentality that sort of just says the right thing. There's mm. a there's a truth where he he really lays down if you're not living like this, yeah, and lays it out hardcore to bring this truth back into it. Am I making sense there? Yeah, it's um. <clears throat> And to bring that back to Ephesians, there there are these two realms, the earthly realm and the heavenly realm. Yeah. And what God is doing is bringing those together. So it, we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ, you know, and it talks about in the heavenlies, um, uh, you know, blessed in Christ, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. There's the sense that we have this, it's there. But we need to connect with that. It, yeah. it's, it doesn't happen automatic. So here we are on earth. Um, and so on the one hand, he's, he is stating what the significance, the all-encompassing significance, universal significance of mm. what Jesus has done. Mm. But then the gap is us accessing that. Yeah. And, and it's not that we need to do anything. Uh, you know, uh, we, we, we are given access to this. Um, we, we sorry, we don't have to do anything to earn it. No, but we do have, have to, to do, do something, something to actually enjoy it and benefit from. Yeah. You know, to to actually um, uh, have that fulfilled in our lives. And mm. so that's that 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 theological. You know, because there's some really important theological statements. And and you, you're right. He's not just idealistic. It's not just saying all these wonderful things and then leaving it there. Yeah. There's always a therefore. Yeah. So therefore. Yeah. He doesn't take it for that this automatically, uh, you know, applies. It's like, um, uh, you know, sometimes we can be overly idealistic. You know, if someone's struggling with shame and or no, no, well, you're you're forgiven in in Jesus' name, so don't struggle with shame. Yeah. Well, actually, shame. Sometimes we need to struggle with shame, and shame can actually lead us to connect yeah. with the reality of what Jesus has done. Uh-huh. It, it's it's like uh, we. Um, we need to acknowledge what's going on here yeah. and 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 allow that to to um i guess compel us to connect with, with the uh think i'm not um expressing this no 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 clearly. i think i think you are for me it's it, what i was trying to express before is that the 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 life of paul and the message of paul doesn't fit on a bumper sticker no it's not a mantra that we can go we're in the hell of everly cuz i see some dear christians Trying to live like that, like they just repeat a mantra or repeat a great truth yeah. that is true, 
but then the life doesn't yeah. sort of match up to it. And Paul Paul does it perfectly time and time again where he, he sometimes he uses himself, but yeah. my favourite ones, and I can tell it's his favourite way of doing it as well, is he says, remember Christ. Yeah, that's right. The, love one another like Christ loved the yeah. church. You know, like that's here's right. an example. He Christ didn't sit on a rock just repeating love one another to each other. He sacrificed himself. You need to do the same. You're like that's, yeah, that's he really, right. He goes on. That's right. So it's it's there's the need to bring those things together. So this is this is these are the great realities. We are forgiven in Christ. We have every spiritual blessing in Christ. But we're going to do something to connect with that. It's not like yeah. like we can just repeat that and suddenly that's it. Just by repeating the <laughs> truth that makes it so. No, no, no. no. Actually. Uh, we actually need to step up into that. And essentially what faith is, uh, faith is us stepping up. Yeah. You know, we often talk about stepping out in faith. Yeah. Uh, I like to think of a stepping up into the purpose of God. Yeah. Um, and, and that brings us back to the, this big um, theme that Paul is calling us to step up into this purpose. Stop living those sort of individualistic self-centered lives. Yeah. Um, and in, you know, many cases, he he even tells people follow my example. I mean, yeah. Paul can do that. Yeah. Uh, and and he's calling them to step up and and invest their lives in this big thing. Yeah. Uh, that God's that God's doing. Oh, and this is such a great message for us to 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 think about. And I, I will be really transparent here. I struggle with this as someone who has always felt that I've never sort of fit in in the right spot. I've mm. always felt like that. You know round peg in a square hole or, you know, depending on the, you know, the allegory, maybe the square peg, you know, yeah. you know, you know the round peg in the square hole. Uh, I've, I've never felt that I've, I've sort of fit in and, and especially when it comes to church and there is, there is, I battle my flesh, I battle my mind to think that sometimes I want to go out there and do it on my own, you know? Yeah. And I think that's easy to do sometimes when you have a, when you're, when you have that zeal, yeah, for the message, for the gospel, and for the thing for God, you get frustrated with everybody else. Yeah, and then it's these messages with Paul that Paul says, "No, no, no, stop! This is how you get in. Yeah, this is how you get in. You're unified together. It's about yeah. unity together." And and in a sense, it's a good illustration because we are when we first come to this purpose that God wants to. He wants to unite us together under one purpose. That's a key theme, yeah. is that we do feel like square pegs trying to fit into round holes. And so what God wants to do is chop off the corners <laughs> and make us fit. It's like, oh, yeah, I, I just, you know, we accept that. Oh, I just don't fit in here. It's not really my thing. Oh, yeah. well, actually, Paul, you know, the hard man that is, he would say, well, then we need to chop off those corners because... Uh, this is God's purpose, and you know you have become like this because you're living individualistically. But we need to chop off those corners and become round pegs to fit in that round hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because that is us becoming who we were meant to be. We're meant to live in community and family yeah. for something bigger than just ourselves, and that's what He's calling us to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. That is. A, I think you've just given me the title of my autobiography: <laughs> Chopping Off the Corners. <laughs> the story, the life story of DJ Payne. Uh, okay, as we as we wrap up this episode, Matt, we're running out of time. Any other as as we're going to be reading through uh, these first couple of chapters of Ephesians, just give us one, you know, maybe one other thought to keep in mind as as we go into this. Um, as you read, uh, you know, as we come into the writings of Paul, and as you read, um, you know, it, it is it, it is complex, but uh, I I thoroughly. Um, recommend making notes even if if you're uh, I know a lot of people read digital you know Bibles and and you can highlight and or, or if you have a uh, 
a, a paper Bible, you know, get one that you can underline or, mm-hmm. or you know, make notes in. Because actually use this as a workbook, you know, use it as a workbook right. and uh, go through it slowly. Don't just read through slowly. Um, don't just read through and looking for momentary inspiration. Mm-hmm. Really try to understand mm-hmm. uh, what he's saying. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, and of course, the Thrive, uh, Thrive devotional uh, will help you with that to some extent, but that even there it's limited in how much depth I can get into. Um, but do take it slowly, take it thoughtfully, and, uh, and really draw out uh, for yourself um, the, the big picture. Try to see the big picture all the time. Always have reference to this big thing that Paul's uh, Paul's doing and saying about the purposes of God and calling us up into this purpose. I just love the book of Ephesians. Uh, I hope you can hear that in the conversation that Matt and I are having. And as you read through the book of Ephesians, as you go through it with Thrive, and as you listen to the conversation that Matt and I are having on these episodes, I'm hoping that you come up with some questions, some questions that you would love Matt to answer. If you do, please send them to us. You can do that by going to thrivetoday.net. That's thrivetoday.net.au. A very simple way to send us your questions right there. You also have all the links to our social media, our Facebook pages and groups, and all the show notes for every episode, all the information you could ever want. So make sure you head over to our website. All right. Well, until next week, when we have dug further into the book of Ephesians, Arrivederci. Thanks for listening to Thrive Deeper. If you have questions you would like answered, contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Thrive Deeper or at the Thrive Today website where you can also subscribe to the Thrive Daily Bible Reading Guide. That's at thrivetoday.net.au. Until next time, Thrive. Check, check, check. That's me in the corner. That's me. Da, 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 da. Give us. <laughs> when is when is Sons of Guru going to do an REM? The first song I ever recorded, actually, in a band was in year. Um, it was in year twelve, and I we we recorded a cover of an REM song. Which one? This one goes out to the one I love. Really? Yeah. I can imagine you singing yeah. that one in a band. Yeah. I think I've, still got, I've got it on cassette. Really? Uh, somewhere, yeah. Are you, are you the singer? recording. Are you the singer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you wouldn't, you wouldn't recognise me. Re- what, what, are you putting on a voice or? No, no, no. It's just, I'm just, it's just a like kid. a young, like a kid. Who is this kid? So really high voice or? Oh, uh, yeah. Just, just sort of thinner, younger, you know. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't recognise you as in see a photo of you. Or wouldn't no, recognise you to hear me. Recognise my voice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. The challenge is on. I want to hear this uh, recording now. Yeah. We can put it on a. Uh, we put it at the end of a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Use it as the podcast music there at the Fire. end. <laughs> All right. Uh-